Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Untraded Media Podcast. This is episode 77 again. So, let's preface this. We normally have our episodes release uh, Monday evening slash early Tuesday morning. Well, we did record something Monday night, and uh, the laptop I record off of decided to eat that podcast and just delete it before I could transfer it to the other, the editing computer. So yeah, that is a lost episode that we will never recover, but we wanted to get at least something out to you guys this week. So there will be no news this week. Uh, basically all the news that we covered in that lost episode is everything you know and love is either canceled or delayed. Um, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Which so we're just like, eh, it's not a really big loss, but we wanted to get something out to you guys so this is going to be mainly just a discussion in general um with some uh viewing recommendations uh, our discussion will be comic book movie wish list as comic book fans we've been fortunate enough to see a lot of great things translate from the page to the screen uh but there's still a lot of stuff that we would like to someday see on the big screen so i'm looking forward to talking about that josh how are you doing tonight I'm I'm all right, man. I'm chilling like a villain. Um, today was lawn day, so mowed the mowed the lawn out of boredom, and did a second round of weed weed and feed out of boredom. Boredom. Um, That's how you so, know you're bored when you're doing lawn care willingly. <laughs> yeah. So there's like, that. I haven't but, mowed a lawn since I got paid for it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I have mowed. I hadn't mowed a lawn since I left for college. Yeah, I don't know if I have either. It's crazy. It, it was really funny. It was one of those like, oh man, I haven't done this in a this in a while. This was also the first time I've ever done it, not in the Texas heat. And I was like, oh man, I don't have to, to, to take breaks because it's too hot. So this is what the rest of the world is like. Yeah, I, <laughs> granted, it was like upper 40s today in texas i'm sorry in tennessee so that was that was its own monster and its own uh, of its own right heather's very excited because here in florida we don't know what 40s are except for a time period that most of the people in florida were alive for (laughs) jeez well um i've been watching some stuff since we recorded on monday again we had some stuff. I'll I'll forget what we talked about then, but I'll reiterate. Uh, Josh, what have you been watching since the last time we gathered? Um. Okay. So I finished My Hero Academia. I just been keeping up with Forged to the Fire, Curse of Oak Island, and Swamp People. I have. I started the Hot Harley Quinn show. I've heard that's great. I watched it's- about the first ten minutes, and I was just like. I think I'll like this, but as far as the first episode was going, it wasn't hooking me in enough. Okay, so they I'm consistently surprised by this show. Humor-wise, it's incredibly smart. The references are very... They, they throw a wide net of, of references. Um, and they do stuff with characters that is still on point to what their character is. But it's still very funny. Uh, like they take and run with the joke that Bane just always wants to blow everything up. I mean, and, yeah, 
but he's all like there there's a suit a smoothie guy that joker's been paying to to mess with bane <laughs> on his orders every day he goes in and he's like we're gonna blow it up <laughs> just because it's, it's a smoothie it's so dumb it's so but it, there's actually some really really good storytelling happening as well which was i found very intriguing uh, speaking of Bane and really good storytelling mixed with good humor, uh, Heather and I actually rewatched Lego Batman again last night, and good grief, I Yay. love that movie. Like, there's so many it's references, a- even though I've seen it three or four times now, I catch more and more references every single time, and I love yes. it so much. Oh, there's there's some stuff that, um, because Clayface is, is in Harley Quinn, is one of the main characters, and he is a, a thespian. And so he yeah. makes a lot of, of story structure jokes, which I know you will appreciate. Okay. I feel like I need to give this show a chance because season two is dropping this month, isn't it? Yes, it is, which is another reason why I was, I was like, you know what? Why not? I'll watch it. Um, All right. But yeah. And I showed my family a peanut butter falcon. Oh, good. What did they think? Oh, they, my mom loved it. The only thing my mom had an issue with was the ending and how it just kind of... It does kind of just kind end. Of stop, which is, uh, to its credit, how do you end a story like that? But at the same time, it, it did, like, I, get, I understood where my mom was coming from. Yeah. It, he, the story really is about his wrestling match leading up to it. So I guess after that, they're really... Was no resolution, but yes, more people need to see Peanut Butter Falcon. It's great. Um, yes, I've been watching some good stuff and some not some good stuff. Uh, I mentioned it in our now deleted episode, but I'll talk about it again now. Um, I watched the first season of Krypton, which I'm actually really digging it, and now I'm having a hard time finding season two, which is driving me nuts. Um, but for those that don't know, Krypton is about Superman's grandfather, so not Jor El, played by Russell Crowe, but his daddy. Um, so basically, what was life like in Candor? Yes, that's a big old reference right there. Um, and it's kind of cool being a comic book fan of like, well, I know where things are going to end up. Hint, hint, if you know comic books, Candor yeah. can't last forever. Yeah. Of, but they also bring up a really interesting point in season one of uh, Superman's grandfather finds out that Krypton will be destroyed in the future. But in order, uh, but if that happens, Superman is created. So he's conflicted of, okay, do I let this thing happen and let my own world be destroyed for a hero that I'll never meet and fully be able to appreciate what he's capable of and is destroying a planet worth the life of one person. Wow. Another cow. And there's certain characters that have not been seen in live action form, at least in a movie, and they gave them their best shot for a TV show and actually wasn't too bad. I can get why this show is canceled after two seasons because clearly it's expensive because some of the effects on it are really actually not too bad for TV. Um... (laughs) But, not going to lie, some of their incarnations are pretty cool. Because it's not like a superhero show. It's more akin to, like, Battlestar Galactica or, like, a classic sci-fi show. Which Um, is cool because I I feel like that's the direction you'd have to take it. Yes. Um, And I was... 
they wait a couple episodes to reveal who the main villain is for season one. Uh, but let's just say it's a well-known Superman villain that probably is allowed to exist in multiple eras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see why. Um, you know what? Uh, my dad and I are probably going to be watching tonight. Uh, 1917. Yes. So did I guess we'll, right? Yes, you did. So yeah! it, it should be fun. It, it, we, I will let you go. I will let everybody else know next week what kind of what I kind of thought of it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm also excited to rewatch Rise of Skywalker finally. Yes, I'm excited. Uh, I'm sure we'll be doing that in a couple of days. Uh, we haven't rewatched it yet, but I still defend Rise of Skywalker. is a very enjoyable movie with flaws, but I still enjoy it. It's given what Ryan Johnson did to the series, J.J. had to do what he could. I completely <laughs> agree. And I think even some of the critics of this movie, kind except for the diehard Last Jedi fans, kind of acknowledge that, yeah, this movie is kind of stuck in a corner. Um, mm-hmm. however, not everything I've watched lately has been spectacular. Um, I finally sat down and watched Will Smith's Gemini Man from last year because no, I did not hear good things. It okay, I really wanted to see this not because I heard good things about it, but because and I'm not even a big Ang Lee fan. Uh, as a director, I thought Life of Pi was just kind of okay, and don't even get me started on his Eric Bana Hulk movie, but. Um, I was really interested in the technology that they used to film the movie of like, it was shot, I think it was either six or eight K like super high resolution. Um, I think the 4k version was shot on 60 frames per second. So like super, super high quality. So I wanted it as a visual person and I was just like, give me the best picture quality possible. This was a movie that I was like, I kind of want to see it just for that. And yeah, that's basically what this movie is. It's like a tech demo for your TV and sound system, really. Um, that being said, it wasn't nearly as bad as I was expecting it to be, but it wasn't good either. Um, Will Smith is really good in both parts because essentially the movie is him being stalked and uh, being tried to be assassinated by a younger clone of himself, which um, the de looks good, but it probably would be more significant if it was an act- actor that actually aged because will smith it just doesn't work it would be like if paul rudd was being chased by young paul rudd yeah the actors don't age my big issue with the movie was it was very very dull there would be very long stretches of time of big action set piece okay let's talk about what just happened for the next 20 to 30 minutes and the psychology of having a clone or the psychology of this action scene which it being an Ang Lee film really shouldn't have surprised me, but it still was very <laughs> dull. Yeah. That being said, it still at least lived up to the hype in terms of looking gorgeous, like one of the most crystal clear movies I've ever seen. But <laughs> well, worth your time? Not really. But if it's like a 99 <laughs> cent rental, see it once. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, By uh Let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, I just, <laughs> I'm obviously showing a nerd, like hardcore nerdy I am with me watching a show about blacksmithing and a show about um, treasure hunting. But Vikings on I, History Channel? I well, I need to finish it. 
but that's not what I'm just going to talk about. Um, the History Channel just started a new show called, which is, it's kind of going to be done in the same vein of Oak Island of uh, for Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know if you know what that is, but... That sounds terrifying. Yeah, I mean, okay, so Skinwalker Ranch is a... A uh, plot of land out in Utah that like a lot of weird stuff has happened, like everything from like UFOs to poltergeist to uh, dire wolves appearances, like all kinds of stuff. And the the Native Americans that have lived in that area called it Skinwalker Ranch because they believe in a spirit called a Skinwalker that like can morph into different things, and that is where it's said to live. And there's all kinds of weird stuff that has been happening there for like hundreds of years and stuff, but they've just started it. And I'm already mad. I mean, (laughs) I follow, I I have followed this kind of stuff. I've watched documentaries on this thing on this area before, but they, they're, they are just trying to peak the drama on something that is already dramatic. And it it actually, it actually frustrated me. (laughs) Okay. Then. Yeah. Um, I did see, and this is how much of a nerd I am in the same sense of, I saw the release schedule for like streaming things for, uh, like Netflix, Hulu and everything else. I saw some of the titles coming to Shudder and finally Absentia is coming to Shudder. For those that don't know, Absentia is Mike Flanagan's first movie that he ever made, who is one of my favorite horror directors. He did Hush, The Haunting of Hill House, Gerald's Game. He's fantastic. So that's like the only movie that I have not been able to find. So it's finally coming to streaming. Dang. Well, oh, I, yeah, and that's the thing. I haven't even gotten to touch any of my stuff on Shutter yet. So I need to do that. They just, I know you'll be super excited. They just added the first eight Friday the 13th. Oh, yay. Which, okay. I wasn't going to talk about this in news because we're not going over news, but I'll talk about this real quick. Uh, really, really weird development today. Uh, it was announced that they're coming out with a new Friday the 13th board game, which normally, that's not a big deal. But if you listen to the podcast for any length of time, I've talked about before, Friday the 13th is legally not allowed to come out with any new content when they're in the middle of this lawsuit with the scriptwriter of the original movie, Victor Miller. So I find it very interesting that they only now are starting to come out with some new stuff. So I'm like, is there some new developments in this lawsuit that we're not familiar with or what's going on here is somebody yeah out of order that's crazy dude the, i mean it's the most intrigued i've ever been about a board game yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got any other recommendations are you ready to get right into the discussion I mean, let's go, dude. I mean, it's it's really unfortunate <laughs> that we lost that whole episode because, I mean, we... That was like two and a half hours just wasted. Yeah. And, like, it was some pretty good stuff, too. Like, I'm really yeah. sad. The topic <laughs> was going to be our favorite video games, and I'm sure we will cycle back to it. Um, But I don't know about you, Josh. Having the heartache of an episode deleted and also how much time we talked about it, we'll come back to it in maybe a couple months Yes. Well, and that was the thing. It'll feel like we just talked about it, even though you guys at home haven't heard it. uh, Yeah, it was a long discussion. And I think, and to our credit, this might be the opportunity we need because I think we could have organized our discussion a little bit better. But, you know, it is what it is. You know what I I mean? I think we, I purposely kept this like fast and loose because I know this is a discussion topic that you and I could easily talk about this for two and a half hours without any news. 
True. Also true. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, let's, uh, it's unfortunate we lost the episode, but yeah, let's go ahead and hop right in. Yeah, we move along. So we, uh, have split this discussion into three categories. Uh, good guys, bad guys, and then just kind of random, either like certain story beats, uh, specific items or moments. Um, let's start it off with the villains, because I've got a lot of villains, obviously. Um, so this kind of goes without saying, and I feel like I can speak for Josh here. Uh, a lot of the things on our list today will probably be DC Comics-related stuff. I have some Marvel, but uh, by and large, Marvel fans have been really blessed with the opportunity to have a lot of their stuff that's been in the comics been in the MCU, because that's been successfully going on for about 12 years now, whereas... DC is kind of getting there, but there's a lot more stuff to tap into the well of for DC than Marvel right now. I will say I, I tried to stay away from anything Batman or Superman. I don't have a of those, but I do still have some Batman and Superman stuff, but not a lot. Yeah. I just, I I felt like those stories were going to, are in the pipe regardless um, I really felt like the the point of this discussion was to let's try something new or try something that didn't again that didn't work. Okay, so um, kick us off. What are what, who is like at the top of your absolute wish list villain wise that you we have not seen in a movie? And to preface, if they've been in a TV show but have not been in a movie, they're still fair game. And it's not like a, we haven't seen him in live action form at all type of thing. Yeah. So technically we've seen him in a movie, but not for long. I think if we don't see Deathstroke in some time, the next five years, it'll be uh, like, we will be cheated. It's a shame. It won't be Joe Manganiello again. Yes. Because he did look spot on it. in that justice league end credits. Yeah, no, it's and it's tough. It, it could, it's that Zack Snyder universe, but at the same time, you know what? Maybe it's might be good to build uh, a cast for him to be a nemesis to, towards first, rather than bringing him in just randomly. Um, I know some people have talked about in the past of doing a Deathstroke spinoff, like a solo movie. Is that something you'd be interested in, or do you want him specifically as an antagonist? <sighs> That is always something that I, I struggle with when it comes to villains, because really villains are just in the in the story to give heroes something to fight. Right. So I feel if you over if you have if you feel like the need to over explain your villain, then I feel like that, that it's why I'm having issues with Morbius. Morbius is is okay because he's kind of on the he's on anti-hero that spectrum. anti-hero line, but somebody like Venom should not be. There should not be a point where we are at some point identifying with him. You know what I mean? There shouldn't be a point as into which we're like, oh man, he's been through so much. I feel for him, but you know, I got to cheer for Spider Man because he's a good guy. But, you know, I feel for, for Venom. Like, you can't, you shouldn't ha- be able to do that. Now, I don't think you'd you'd ever get into that situation with Deathstroke, but I feel like it also would kill some of the mystique of, of Deathstroke if you were to just completely explain away his backstory. Kind of like the same thing for me with Taskmaster. 
I think if you if you sit here and be like, well, he's from a Russian agency or he's blah, 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 blah. This is what he did, blah, blah. Like it almost feels like it cheapens him rather than him it be like, well, he copies everybody and he's really good at it. <laughs> oh, I think that's still up in the air of what Marvel is doing with Taskmaster. Yes, and I would agree. Again, I've said it before. I don't think Taskmaster is a he, but I won't go into that. Um, yeah. You and I have played played with that a little bit. Yes. Um, so you have someone that actually physically was in a movie, but we didn't really get anything out of them. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, yeah, I would very much like to see Deathstroke. Do you have... I know you suggested this off mic, but do you have a ca- fan cast for who you would want as Deathstroke? Not particularly. Um, Deathstroke is hard for me to cast, primarily because it depends on how old you want to make him. That's true. Because, because some, I mean, my favorite Deathstrokes, when I, the, the, the Deathstroke that I felt like was the most vicious was the older one with the eye patch and the beard. And I felt like he was more dastardly and like really like a top notch jerk. So, like a Stephen from, Lang type. Yeah, but at the same time, you you want to go old and actor wise, you want to go older, but you don't want to go so old that he loses all of his physicality. That's because why I still liked. Um, I know Arrow got a bit spotty, but I still think to me the best season was season two with Deathstroke as the main villain, and Manu Bennett killed it. Yeah, exactly. And he was the right age for it too. I think. Hmm. Um. I said I wouldn't have a lot of Batman stuff, but looking at it, I have one or two things. Um, A lot of my Batman stuff does come from villains because uh, Batman to me is like Spider-Man in that they clearly have the best rogues gallery of their respective comic book companies. Like, no one could touch Spider-Man's rogues gallery in terms of how great they are for Marvel, and no one could touch Batman's rogues gallery for DC. Uh, And he's had a lot of good ones emerge over the past 20 years. Uh, one in particular who made their debut, I believe in 2003, if I can remember correctly. So in comic book years, relatively young, but this guy immediately left an impression to the point of, I would be shocked if we do not get hush at some point in these new Matt Reeves Batman movies. I almost feel like the... This early career Batman would be perfect for Hush. And the, I don't necessarily need them to adapt Hush verbatim, but the whole aspect of Hush being a gigantic murder mystery really yes. seems like it would fit right into the Robert Pattinson Batman movies. Yeah, it's the, the thing I think that Hush is really good about is it causes Bruce to have that conversation in in the comic. It's him having that conversation again, but have that conversation with himself on why do I do this? What are my limits when it comes to what I allow myself to do? Can I ever actually settle down? Because like having those conversations with himself. And I think especially with just growing the series now, having a Hush-like movie would be extremely smart. Oh, yeah. Um, Again, in a perfect world, we'd have him 
um, like maybe as like the middle villain of a trilogy, and then something happens with him, but he sets the table for the next group to step up mm-hmm. and be the main villains in Gotham, who, if anybody has left a bigger impact in Batman comics in recent years, um, for better or for worse, uh, besides Hush, it's definitely the Court of Owls. Yes, I was going to add that, but I wasn't sure how you what how you were going to feel about it. Oh, I mean, Court of Owls is all well. I was about to say Court of Owls is always welcome, except in my Nightwing stories, in which case I'm sick to death of them. <laughs> the Court oh, of Owls yep. made him Rick Grayson, and I hate it. <laughs> the the one thing the early early Rebirth, um, with Nightwing was fantastic. I love Talon in in that series too. Oh, don't but, get me yeah, wrong. I, would say- I really like the story aspect of Nightwing being a descendant of a talent and he was bred to be a talent. That's why he's from Haley circus. He was like trained his whole life without knowing it, that they want him to be a talent. I think that's a great story aspect. I just, Oh, the direction that they've taken it, but also recently with the comics and I don't think it'd be an issue with the movies, but a big issue that they've had in the comics recently is, Oh, we found a good thing with the court of owls. Let's bleed this thing to death. Yeah. Of like Court of Owls storyline is from 2011. There is still hangover effects in the comics in 2020 from this storyline. It is still dragging on. No, oh, geez. Yeah. It's, oh, it's frustrating. Of like why Nightwing right now is Rick Grayson of just like the Court of Owls have like reshaped his identity to change him into something else. I'm just, really guys, this is nine years old and we're still dragging this on. But the Court of Owls as a whole is perfect for a movie of this underground organization that more or less completely controls Gotham, every part of its infrastructure. It's like Gotham's wealthiest, basically eyes wide shut of underground society that controls everything. And Batman has, it's Batman knows every nook and cranny of Gotham, but he doesn't know the court of owls. So not really knowing something and actually having to discover it is an actual mystery that Batman has to solve. Plus, while I was initially kind of hesitant about it, I don't mind the whole Thomas Wayne, Bruce's father, may not have been as perfect as Batman holds him up to be. Oh, I agree. Because, that again, that forces him to have a, that conversation with himself. Of, of why he does what he does because one of the pinnacle things for him doing this is to being batman is because his parents were murdered but if his dad was not a good person does it matter yes like does it become a senseless crime anymore or was it something that maybe thomas deserved yeah, exactly. And I really, I think we've seen that a lot actually recently in at least some of the animated stuff where Thomas is not a good person. Yeah, and the Telltale games too. Yes. Um, Which, whatever means we don't have to see Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot again, because I'm, I'm good with not seeing their death for a while. Like, I chastise the MCU for not having Uncle Ben in the Spider-Man movies, and I think that's a big issue that Spider-Man has to deal with. Uh, but I'm at least happy that we haven't shot Uncle Ben yet. Yes. I, uh, you know, it'd be terrible, terrible is if he does, if he gets an Uncle Ben later in life. Ooh. And it's not Mm -hmm. like technically Uncle Ben, but it's like Luke and Uncle 
Owen type situation of more like yes. a family of like a it's close. His, it's like his like his step uncle kind of thing. Yeah. And he gets really attached. Maybe it's in a time where he's not sure if he wants to be Spider-Man anymore. What if Happy like becomes that? Uncle Ben? Oh, stop. I don't want to have that conversation right now. Oh, no. dude. I think I just had a brainstorm. Because oh. mo- more often than not, when Uncle Ben dies, it's like within the first 30 minutes of the movie to motivate Peter. And we've never really cared about Uncle Ben. So, yes, we already have Spider-Man. And I know it completely undo the Spider-Man mythology because Uncle Ben's death is what motivates him to be Spider-Man. He's already Spider-Man, but... Oh, that I, I can't avoid uh, thinking about an emotional gut punch. Because, like, we, especially after Far From Home, we love Happy. Yes, we've always loved Happy. Even when... At, Iron Man's worst movies, two and three. Happy is still the best thing about those movies. No, absolutely. So, like, it's... Oh, dude, my heart would break. Like, you think Yondu's death was bad? Dude, oh my goodness. No, I am not ready for that. You watch, now it'll happen. And you heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Oh, jeez. So, question. Um... So I don't know if it has been confirmed yet or not. You're always better about that than I am. But has a certain hunter been confirmed as a villain or has it just been the rumor still? It is just the rumor and he is also on my list. Yes. Uh, like when we were talking about villains and when you made the comment about how Spider-Man has one of the best rogue gal- galleries, you're not joking. I mean, the fact that they pulled out Vulture for their first movie, I, I just cried for joy. Um, I would love to see actual Scorpion or actual Mino. Like, that would be fun as well. Paul Giamatti didn't one, do it for you? No. It's legitimately, like, if I have to sit here and I know I sing Amazing Spider-Man's praises, but if I have to sit here and sit and tell you how much I hate Rhino, like, oh, how do you take Paul Giamatti and make him Who one of the Who is a great most- actor, by the way. Yeah, like, and he's and I legitimately detest that performance of his, and it's really unfortunate. But bringing Craven out would be oh my gosh! Bring Craven in, and he's the one that kills Ben. Eh, no, he kills Happy. The only way that that really would work is if that's like setting the groundwork for Craven's last hunt, which I don't know if we go that direction or not. I I am so down for that. Maybe he, maybe he kidnaps Happy and uses him as bait. Mm. In which okay, case anyway. we get Spider May. Yes, Spider May, Spider May. Anyway, um, no, yeah, Craven is is one of those vi- large untapped resources that we haven't gotten to yet, and I I think. If I remember right, the rumor is that he's not going to show up first in Spider-Man. He's going to show up in Black Panther 2. That's the rumor, but I think, I think as cool as that sounds, and even I myself have pitched that idea before and I think it would be cool, I think legally it might be difficult because Wakanda Mm -hmm. is a firmly MCU world. It is a firmly... Disney owned property, whereas Craven is a Sony owned character. So I think it'd be a little difficult for them to come to the table on a non Spider Man. Yeah. But I agree. if they could, I mean, that'd be a great way to do it. 
I mean, if anything, you can drop it as a as an Easter egg and be like, have somebody be like, oh, hey, there's uh, there's a a poacher out doing this, blah 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 blah. Um, he's supposedly a fantastic hunter, but we've got to put it put a stop to it or whatever. And he sends out a squad, or and it's like just like a really small Easter egg drop or something. I'd be okay Wakanda. with that. Yeah, just just so that because it would be, I really do like the idea of him being in Africa, actually or, hunting animals. Or if nothing else, the end credits of Black Panther. We don't even have to cast the actor yet, um, but someone is being chased in the woods by Black Panther, and they get away, but not before they leave behind their leopard jacket. Yeah, that makes sense. I would be down with that as well. Um. And I feel like I can speak for you. This is one of the only um, heroes or villains that we've talked about today that I feel like we have our fan cast for. (laughs) I mean, yes. (laughs) Ever since I suggested Gerard Butler, we really can't think of anybody else. I mean, I, uh, I wouldn't mind Idris Elba. He's too busy in D.C. now. Wait, what? Since when? He's in Suicide Squad. Oh, that's right. Jeez, I keep As forgetting. Bronze Tiger, even though they haven't said that he's Bronze Tiger. He's totally Bronze Tiger. And um, it okay. is confirmed now, at least from set photos, that we're getting Polka Dot Man. Yes! <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, real quick, in Harley Quinn, I think it's episode two, maybe one, late one. Um, Calendar Man is a is a spotlight character, and it's the best. Okay, now I'm gonna have to watch because I love me some Calendar Man. <laughs> All right. So besides Jar Butler, can you see anybody? Um. Hmm. I mean, normally I prefer my Craven with hair, but Tom Holland wants Jason Momoa, but that'll never happen. No, I don't like that at all. Um. I honestly, I would really like Jason Statham. No. Yes. No, so much no <laughs> yes. there, man. Just no. <laughs> I, Statham's okay, look, got a lane I, I realize... that he can stay in. Just That's not it, man. That's a no for me, Chief. <laughs> no, this could be his chance. This could be his opportunity. Um, no, Jason Bert- Statham would be a much better Ghost Rider than Craven the Hunter. Ooh, don't you tempt me with that. Don't I don't know, man. Do I'm liking that. the rumors that I'm hearing. Again, these are just rumors, so that means I don't believe them at all that Keanu's our new Ghost Rider. Oh, stop! Oh, no! Which Keanu would just oh, be no. like, you mean I get paid to drive a motorcycle? <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Okay, so what's funny is I think outside of Idris, all the casting ideas I have are all white guys for Craven, And partly because he is white, but also I think the idea of a guy who is a complete jerk and literally only exists to kill innocent things feels very much like a white person. (laughs) Yeah. And then there'll be all this outrage, like that time that Steven Spielberg posted a picture with the T-Rex in, oh, no, the Triceratops from Jurassic Park, and everyone's just like, how dare he kill an animal for sport? And we're all just going, um, what? (laughs) <laughs> so do you have any more villains oh i got plenty more and i actually have a perfect piggyback off of craven if there's anything i've wanted more um 
there's like a special place of like before Captain America lifted Mjolnir, that was one of the top things of I need to see this in a movie someday. But even even higher on my list than Captain America wielding Mjolnir, I need to see the Sinister Six in a movie at some point. Yes. A, and a, not a non- in a standalone movie. They need to be fighting mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Well, and, and in a non-forced way, like, oh, we're wrapping up this movie. Time to shove a bunch of stuff in the end credits. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. But also, it's weird. Of I'm so oddly picky of who I want in these Sinister Six. Like, some people are just like, well, we already have the makings of the Sinister Six. We've got Vulture, Scorpion, uh, Mysterio, Venom, Carnage, and Green Goblin. I'm like, okay. No. Half of those people were never even in the Sinister Six. We can kind of let Green Goblin in if we have to. But Green Goblin, on his own pride, refused to join the Sinister Six because he thought he could take down Spider-Man by himself. Only thing he took down was Gwen Stacy off a bridge. Um, oh no! Oh no! How dare you? How no. dare you stand where he stood? <laughs> I mean, she didn't stand; she fell. Yep. But man, that was a that was a snappy joke there, bud. Um, not as much as a snap for her, but oh yeah, boy. But um, also, so, Venom and Carnage are in another thing I want, which is a Venom. Carnage, Spider-Man, Triple Threat match, which yes, ooh, um, but Sinister Six. I've as a lifelong Spider-Man fan, I always love the concept of the Sinister Six. Of like, normally it's a bunch of heroes unite to take on one villain, whether it be a Thanos or a Loki. What if it's a whole bunch of villains taking on one hero? That's awesome to me because Sinister Six have handed Spider-Man his butt on numerous occasions, and he actually has to dig down deep. Um. It's good storytelling. Um, but yes, I'm very picky about who I want. Like, so far, I think we're on the right track. Vulture, yes, I will accept that. Scorpion, yes, good call. Mysterio, yes. Craven, yes, because I do actually believe the rumors that Craven will be our villain for the next Spider Man movie. Um, maybe yes. hired by the Daily Bugle to take down the murderer that is Spider Man. That um, would be, oh, that's a twist. <laughs> Because uh, you would know better than me. In the Ultimate comics, didn't wasn't Craven more of a reality show host, like Dog the Bounty Hunter? Uh, yeah, he was, and that was one of the few things I, I didn't like. Maybe um, he's got something like that of like he's an actual hunter, but he's hunting a person. Uh, but yeah, Craven the Hunter is an actual um is an actual Sinister Six member. I guess we haven't had a Green Goblin. I'm okay with no. that. That wouldn't feel too no. forced. And maybe just throw in somebody else. In an ideal world, it would have been Sandman or Hydro Man, but we wasted those. So uh, we're not going to talk about Doc Ock then? I th- I would love Doc Ock so, so much. But I think Marvel wants, Marvel and Sony both want new villains. That's why Which we really haven't sense. seen any repeats, except for Green Goblin being played to death. Um, and Alfred Molina played it to such perfection, even though I know it was 16 years ago. Oh, that just hurts yeah. to say. Um, I think his shadow is still so so large over the character. As much as I would love to see Doc Ock, he's by far my favorite Spider-Man villain. I just don't know if they would recast him yet. 
Yeah, which is, I know, that's fair. I think, but piggyback, piggybacking off of the Spider-Man games story would be, like, that Sinister Six would be pretty, pretty peak. Like, I Better would enjoy yet. that a lot. Better yet for Doc Ock. You got me thinking, which is always a very dangerous thing. Yes, so, it is. Um, lately, these Spider-Man movies have had some kind of a twist to them, um, whether it's the excellent one in Homecoming with uh, Vulture actually being uh, Liz's dad. That was a great twist. Mysterio being the worst twist ever that Mysterio <gasps> is bad. What if we do get Doc Ock? But plot twist, it's the Doc Ock from Into the Spider-Verse and it's a woman. I'd be super down with that. I think that would surprise a lot of people. Even people that have seen Into the Spider-Verse because that's Miles' timeline. If we make a twist in it so it's not all male villains and we actually throw a woman in there maybe she's the one leading everything yes because there's a precedent for a female Doc Ock I'd be on board with that because I actually really like the Doc Ock in in the Spider-Verse and I remember when we saw it in theaters I did not see that twist coming I would like to see that type of twist be played in a movie Yes. Now, would you give her her mechanical arms, or would you keep let her keep the the style from Into the Spider Verse? Because I actually, so I would go Into the Spider Verse really just it. to keep it unique and different from the Alfred Molina version, the biomechanical mm-hmm. versions. I so yeah, because I surprisingly really enjoyed that choice. So long as it's not Stark tech, for the love of God, don't make it anything related to Tony Stark. Like, let Stark be dead, please, and let me rejoice in that. Yes. So, um, how, so real quick, then how how long do you think we we have until his daughter is uh, in a suit? Who's Iron Man? Never. Never really. I say never. You think the kid he helped will be before that? Huh? Do you think the kid that he helped will be in a suit before his his daughter, or just like I don't just think never, we'll ever see him again ever? Okay. Because I, mean, I think not, him I don't and, mind and that. at the funeral was just like a nice tip of the cap to Iron Man 3 fans, all 10 of them. Um, but I, he doesn't really have a purpose. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I don't blame you. Like, I, I liked his inclusion, but I don't see a future for him going forward. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, I'll give that to you. I'll give it to you. Um, I got four other villains. Almost all of them are DC, except for one more Marvel one, which admittedly, this guy has been in a movie, but he was so far from what everyone knows him to be that in my book, we have not actually seen a live action Galactus yet. Ooh, good call, good call. Because Fart Cloud there in Rises the Silver Surfer does not count as Galactus to me. Which I would not mind bringing back Silver Surfer. Just, yeah, I would agree. Bring actual Galactus, bro. Like, okay, you've had Thanos now, who snapped away half the universe. Now, show us what you mean of, I've wanted Galactus ever since they acquired Fox, of like, okay, you've had Thanos now as your main villain. Where do you go from that? How about the guy that literally eats planets because he's that massive and it needs to consume energy? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. Uh, so the other, which is really funny that we're pulling from that Fantastic Four s- stuff because I desperately need a good Doctor Doom. Oh, I thought you were about to say Mole Man. 
No. Well, though, Mole Man okay, would be I'm fun. Okay, I'm not going to lie, though. If we got a Mole Man, I'm, I wouldn't hate it because he's, for those that don't know, <laughs> he's exactly as he sounds. Picture the Underminer from The Incredibles. <laughs> it's literally all I imagined. I Which, am the Underminer! That, that's the actual best Fantastic Four movie. Oh, man. But yes, but I'm with you. Genuinely... I almost put Doctor Doom on the list. And I'm one of those, like, comic book purists uh, in terms of how they look on screen. You could change a lot of different things. Um, so long as we get, like, looking... as we, long as we get the characters to kind of look how they look on the page. Like, mm. maybe too much to ask for, but I want that armor and the green hood and everything. Well, and he's got to be tall. He's got to be jacked. He, doom bots. Like, doom bots, baby. And honestly, that's your next. Like, once you get your new Avengers team rocking and rolling, that's that should be their first real big ch- test. Because Doom is like Doom's the man. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't use him. So, do you have any casting mo- in- choices in mind? Um, I mean, everyone. Wanted, but I don't think he's physically big enough. But also, he was already in the MCU, and we killed him off of Mads Mikkelsen. Mm, okay. Um, but uh, you need. But the thing is, before he became Doctor Doom, Victor Von Doom was really, really suave and like yes, elegant. So maybe like mm-hmm. a Nikolai Coster Waldo or somebody. See, and that's that's my thought process. Is I feel like. I'm I'm more casting the voice. The voice would be I important. Am. Adam Driver. <laughs> no. Um, although, actually, I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> um, I just, I just, I see him in the Doom helmet, and all I can hear is Kylo Ren again, and I don't like it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he just um, comes up. I'm Matt. I'm a radar technician. <laughs> oh man, you see, like I—that's—I don't know. Um, oh, um, what's his name? The guy that played, um, oh, the from Walking Dead, the guy with the bat, Negan. Oh, Negan. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes, he would be great. Thomas Wayne. Okay, yeah, but that's not. Yeah, okay. that's not going anywhere. That's not going anywhere <laughs> unless they're really going to do a flashpoint paradox, in which case I am all on board for who they have as Martha and who they have as Thomas. Oh yes, please. Yeah. That that's never going to happen, but okay. Yeah, I know I can dream Harold. I don't off the top of my head. I really can't think of anybody like Dr. Doom is such a difficult spot. And you know what? Maybe that's why they're holding, holding on to it until they can figure out a fantastic four <laughs> figure that monster out real quick or and then b get the uh, get their next avengers team rolling because they're kind of uh taking their time with that which is not necessarily a bad thing in sports terms they're in a rebuilding mode and that's okay yes well just because and not necessarily because people have left or not on their contract or anything like that they, they just story-wise they booked and on purpose they booked themselves into a corner in which all they can do right now is rebuild 
I know he's been in a ton of comic book movies already. Um, one great DC movie, one that we will talk about next week. Um, I wouldn't mind Mark Strong as Doctor Doom. Yeah, I'm down with that. Uh, actually, you know what? You know who I wouldn't mind? Brendan Fraser. <laughs> he, he's Doom Patrol, man. Yeah. But but the problem is with Ben and Fraser, you get him for only the voice. I mean because yes. he physically cannot be in the movie, unfortunately. <laughs> also, his his voice fits um the character in Doom Patrol too well. Like he's he's not menacing. Not he's Brendan Fraser. He's George of the Jungle. <laughs> you can't go from George of the Jungle to ruler of Latvia. Uh, watch me. <laughs> he starts dropping mummy references the entire time. I mean, gotta be better than Tom Cruise's. <laughs> yep. So I got three other villains, none of which I've casted. Um, I know it is a pipe dream, but I can dream, Harold. I want my phantasm, dang it. <laughs> I love you dude But that'll never happen No, never And I know that However Later this year It is actually being Officially canonized In the comics Oh that's cool Phantasm Finally. is coming into Main comic continuity And not just Animated series And Batman Beyond continuity It's coming into Actual comic continuity Huh That's see, The that's problem is with Phantasm wild. It's such like an Almost like an underground nerd fandom character. Mm -hmm. But it's such a good character. Um, so yeah, that's my pipe dream for villain of just like one of my all-time favorite Batman villains, but I understand how niche that is and how unlikely it is to happen. These next two, I guarantee you we will get at some point within the next 15 years. Um maybe it's just because I'm bit on a Superman kick, but I'm more excited for one than the other. And you might be surprised. I'm really looking forward to seeing Darkseid someday, and I feel like yes. we will get him. Um, <clears throat> not a fan. Uh, I know some people want Tony Todd, who um, is the voice of the... Uh, I think he's like the coroner or something from Final Destination. He was Candyman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's voiced Darkseid in some of the animated movies, and I think his voice is just kind of okay. Still to this day, I think the best voice is Keith David, because that voice is booming. Yes, you need something that's over the top. It's not suave. It's I am a god, and you will. You have no choice but to bend to my will. Zod kneels before Darkseid. Yeah, boy. So basically, um, for those that don't know comics, Darkseid is Thanos if he wasn't a wimp. <laughs> yeah, Darkseid yeah. would snap Thanos's neck if he didn't have the gauntlet. Like Darkseid doesn't need the gauntlet. Well, and honestly, I I, I don't think. Thanos, even with the gauntlet, would have a chance against Darkseid. Because Dark, as we said, Darkseid is literally a god. He's yes, he's the ruler he's, of the old gods. He's oh gosh, he's so. Ugh. That's and that's ever, always that's no. always the problem with him, though. Um, is and it's something that DD struggles with, in my opinion, is sometimes their villains are so big and so like end all be all that it's hard to write a st really good story and then have anything good come afterwards 
yeah, it's almost like if you have Darkseid, where do you go from that? It's like when the Avengers eventually fight Galactus in the MCU, which I'm sure will happen someday, I think Galactus will end the MCU. Not uh, he'll destroy everything. I think when they fight Galactus, that'll be the end of the Marvel movies for the time being because where do you go after a, a cosmic event like that? Yeah. I mean, it might be... Uh- I can see it being the end of like Avengers films for for a bit. Yeah, agreed. However, here's where it mates might surprise you. Of there's actually a villain that I want on the big screen more than I want Darkseid. Actually, really, Brainiac. Yes, Brainiac oh. is one of the greatest Superman villains of all time. Basically. Picture Ultron, except better. So Brainiac is obsessed with collecting worlds for his collection. He would shrink them down, freeze them in the state that they were, and collect planets and information. He's basically a living, breathing computer system that's obsessed with perfection. He shrunk down uh, the bottle city of Kandor. Uh, He's obsessed with collecting Earths and cultures. Uh, He flies around in the coolest ship ever a gigantic skull ship in his own image, which is a boss move. Um, But I think, and at some point I'll get around to making it. I have a Superman story pitch idea that I want to get around to making a video on. But for a Superman movie, I think Brainiac's a perfect villain because in Captain America Winter Soldier, he didn't have to fight one particular person. He had to fight an ideal and a grouping. I think the best thing for Superman to go up against is technology itself and the shifting world, and Brainiac represents that, but also can be a physical threat, make no mistake. Yeah, that would... That's a, that's a pretty smart idea, actually. Because, like, Superman could punch his way out of anything except Doomsday. Uh, but... Oh. He can't punch technology, if that makes sense. He would actually have to think. <laughs> well- well, and that that's the, that comes to that conversation of the thing with uh, Winter Soldier is what do you do with a man who is the biggest patriot ever when in the modern day patriotism 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 there it is is a lie. Yep. Uh, and what if Brainiac exposes that the world Superman lives in? It's not truth, justice, and the American way anymore. Does he still hold on to those ideals? Hmm, sounds like Winter Soldier, but... But, I mean, what else are you going to do with that? (laughs) Yeah, I know some people have been like, Lex Luthor would be great. To me, if you're going to do a Superman movie, Brainiac is the perfect counter in the world that we live in today that I think would be absolutely perfect for a Superman movie. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't. I won't. I wouldn't fight that at all. All right. Do you got any more villains? Are you ready to move on to heroes? Looking around, I do not. I do have. Um, I guess kind of a, a villain, in a way. Um, do you remember Incredible Hulk issue number one? Wolverine. Yes. I didn't think that was the first issue of Hulk, was it? It was, it's very, I know it's at least very, very early on. I didn't think it was the first one, but I know what you're talking about. Cause uh, one yes. of my coworkers, when I worked at a boys and girls club, 
He was like the club director, and he had a replica of the comic that Wolverine first appears in. Yes. So well, let's start the conversation costume. like this. A, we haven't had a good Hulk movie. Because <laughs> I don't know if Disney owns the rights to Hulk movies. Oh, yes, I'm aware. But regardless, we haven't had a good Hulk movie yet. So let's assume that Marvel somehow got the rights. Okay. And you, we have this whole conundrum of how, first of all, who do you cast as the new Wolverine? And how do you bring him into the story? Okay. So outside of just being like, well, just throw him in the X-Men. Yeah, Wolverine deserves better than that. Um, how why not have Incredible Hulk make your, your first like real movie with him, maybe with Mark, and have and it's post end game, and then have him his villain be Wolverine. I I'd be okay with Wolverine fighting the Hulk. Absolutely. And the, I can see the trailer like, um, geez, or switch it, make it a wolf, make it, make it so Incredible Hulk is seen as this dangerous force. Let's do that. X force. Oh, stop. <laughs> but like, regardless, you can, I can just see shots in my mind of a guy in a cowboy hat running through the Canadian wilds sniffing around and like it just like oh dude i'm so I'd, I'd be so down for like that's how you reintroduce these characters i'd be down i just to set things up i do have something wolverine related later on okay um but yeah going to heroes okay I, i'll spare everyone at home the pain and the torture of rehashing things that get said every week I'll get the Nightwing out of the way. Nightwing needs to be in live action form. Why? Go listen to like every episode I've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> yep. Thank you for your TED for your time. This has been my TED talk. <laughs> so I'm going to piggyback off that real quick. Um, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody that we would love a Teen Titans movie. Yeah, they're on my list too. Yeah, I sus- I specifically. I think they should be. They should come from uh, the run that Jeff Jeff Johns writes. Yeah, who who would you have as your core Titans? Um, Robin Starfire Raven. Uh, oh, geez, not not. Um, is it Impulse? Uh, Kid Flash. Yeah, it's Impulse. Impulse is the grandson. That's part. yeah. Or, so in Jeff Johns' run. Impulse is Kid Flash. He, it's his name that he chooses for himself. Okay. So it's not yeah. Bart? It's Wally? Or who is it? Yeah, it's Wally. Okay. It's Wally. But so he turn, he changes, he because he gets shot, his knee gets shattered by Deathstroke. Like, Deathstroke shoots him in the knee at point blank with a shotgun. And so he gets... It's all this other stuff, but it, that, so impulse, Robin. Give me PTSD, man. I know, right? Um, Beast Boy. Um, well, I feel like that's a pretty solid five. I go. Me? I'd probably go with Robin, Starfire, Raven, Speedy. Um, okay. Beast Boy, and then. 
maybe Kid Flash. Okay. There is another character I would add, but I'm saving him because I think he deserves his own movie. Okay. Um, yeah. Nightwing and Teen Titans piggyback off of each other later. Um, piggyback off each other perfectly. Let's just say I'm not done talking about Titans, but I'll save more about them for later. So let me ask you this. Do you think if you're doing Teen Titans, do you do single singular movies for each character and no. then do a Teen Titans movie? No. Okay. Because I'm sure I'm biased when I say this. The only ones strong enough to carry their own movie would be Robin. But even then, a Robin solo movie doesn't interest me. And this is coming yes. from the biggest Dick Grayson fan I know. Robin as a character is not interesting. It's either yes. Batman and Robin or Nightwing. I mean, you could do maybe Raven, but that's been done to death. But she, and- I think the thing is with Raven, if she's by herself, she still needs someone to pull her out of the abyss. And that's where the Titans come into play. Exactly. That's that. That was going to be my next point. So it, it's tough. I mean, like I love all I the think- Titans individually, but I don't know if any of them on their own are strong enough to carry a movie. That's why they work as a team so well. Yes, absolutely. Um, as a child of the nineties and the early two thousands, I naturally will have several members of the justice league animated series. Still the best incarnation of the justice league ever assembled. We need Martian Manhunter. Yes. Martian Manhunter is fantastic. And Zack Snyder is like, oh yeah, Martian Manhunter was always in my movies. It was General Stanwyck in Man of Steel. And he knew Clark's, uh, Clark knew his secret. I'm like, just just, just no, just stop. Yeah. Get out of here. Um, Yeah, Martian Manhunter is long overdue. Um, yes. I can totally see them doing basically what they did with the show where they had that event of the Martians attacking and then that's how they meet and all of that stuff. Like I would, wouldn't mind that story, seeing that story play out in live action. Oh no. Um, who would you go with for March Man Hunter? Cause off the top of my head, I came up with a name, but now I can't really think of anybody else. Who? Doug Jones. Remind me who that is. Um, he's one of those guys that like is always in prosthetics and plays the weird characters. He play who is the was it Abe Sapien in Hellboy? Oh yeah 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. He's done a whole bunch of stuff, they, but he's hmm. always like under makeup and prosthetics and stuff. Okay, okay. So the the weird thing about Martian is that yes, he has his alien, but he has his human form as well. Yeah. So that you then you have to have that conversation. Does the same person play both forms, even though both forms are so drastically different? I've heard. And then somebody wanted Dennis Haysbert, which I was okay with that. Yeah. So I I don't know, man. That that's a tough one. But yes, Martian Manhunter to me has always been one of the most overlooked members of the Justice League. There's a lot of interesting stories that he could do, but also. Visually, there's a lot of cool ideas that you can bring to the table with the character. Mm-hmm. Also, I back agree. door to introduce McGann. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, really, we're just consistently trying to build to Young Justice, which means there's a couple other characters we'd have to introduce first. Sportsmaster. Oh, okay. Yeah, you could say that. I was going to say Static Shock or Beetle or even Aqualad. I... I'm still mad that your prediction has not come true about a Static Shock movie because I think a big opportunity is just staring Warner Brothers in the face with Static Shock. I really do. Dude, Static Shock would, especially now in today's climate, would be perfect. Are you kidding me? And Blue Beetle as well would be perfect. Like, holy cow, dude. Yeah, both of those would reach core demographics that historically really have been underrepresented in the superhero genre. Absolutely. And then the build Aqualad as well would be a really good move to have someone besides Mira for Aquaman to play off of. If that's assuming Mira's allowed to come back to these movies. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you know what I mean? Just like to actually not to dig, not that I want Aqualad to come back only in a sidekick sidekick capacity because apparently and they're not they didn't really address this in young in young justice but he takes over the mantle of aquaman um yeah they kind of just glossed right over that yep i'm i don't i mean i'm not don't get me wrong i don't fight it like he totally deserves that in that series but it just it was one of those like okay well you explain this at all so um but aqualad i think would be good especially if you're gonna build a younger team so that gives your se- your series a little bit more longevity so that when you do start to phase out your older <laughs> using wrestling talent uh terms here phase out your older talent you your younger talents rocked and ready to go it's exactly what marvel's doing right now we don't have chris evans anymore well it looks like falcons are new captain america yeah which Except- is a smart thing to do it is, except I would have built him a little stronger throughout the movies already. Falcon's so the best. Would... What do you talk about? <laughs> no, he's fantastic. But I would have built it so that it was more a more obvious choice rather Fair than, enough. oh, who's who's going to get it? Falcon or Winter Soldier? You know, you know what I mean? That's what the show is for. Yeah, I know. Um, I kind of have two more. But I say kind of because one of them is a grouping of individuals. Okay. Like, and that's like the end of your list? Um, No, it's a grouping. And then I have like a, I need this person as soon as humanly possible. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Um, Let me, let me get a couple out of the way then. Go for it. Okay. So I need Invincible to happen. I've been talking about this series. I can't, I don't know how long, but I need it to happen. Um, Invincible is a show, uh, a comic about a kid with that, that his dad is like Superman level superhero. And he's like wondering about when he's going to get his powers, blah, blah, blah. He gets his powers. And then he has to struggle with some stuff that deals with his family's origin. So it's like Superman, but bloody and scary and like not. Not okay. It's written by the same guy that wrote um, the Walking Dead series. It's fantastic. It needs to happen. Hmm. Um, I will know. I know. I'm never going to get Redwall. That's I not know a comic that's not book. Gonna... Hear me out. Here, let, let me just. I'm never going to get Redwall. 
So instead, <laughs> give me uh, Usagi Yojimbo, which is a Bless you. Uh, yeah, um, which is a samurai rabbit. <laughs> And like the Ninja Turtles appear early on in the series as well. I don't like, think so- they're on your list, but I'll suggest one that should be on Josh's list because I know it's his jam, like jelly. Yeah, boy. The Legion of Superheroes. They really need. It needs to happen. I'm sorry. I can't believe I forgot. I was so focused on like other things. Because. I wasn't even thinking about it too, but when you mentioned Young Superman, I was like, oh yeah, Josh loves Legion of Superheroes. I wonder if that's on his list. (laughs) It it should happen though, especially like with, if you did Evil Brainiac first, that would give us a perfect level of just a little bit of mistrust so that um, Young Brainiac can earn us back. Fair enough. Or Old Brainiac or whatever he is in in, uh, Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. Um, let's just say that's also not the last time you'll hear the words Legion tonight. Um, yeah, so my grouping is probably not the grouping that you're thinking of, Josh. I want the entire Flash family. Okay. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Like, don't get me wrong. I'll settle for a Flash movie at this point if we're ever going to get one. But I've always thought it was really cool that, yes, we have Barry, but we have Barry, we have Wally West, we have Jay Garrick, we have Bart Allen. All these speedsters all belonging to the same family. And I loved any of the Young Justice episodes where they teamed up together. I would love a Spider-Verse-type movie, except with Flash characters that go into different places in the Speed Force. Yes. So let me ask you, who do you want out of time? (laughs) Oh no. Who do you want to play Jay Garrick? Jay Garrick. I don't know. It's gotta be like an older actor. Like, uh, I don't know. That's the thing is I can think of several people, but I don't know why, but the two names and maybe it's just, I don't know why, but these are the two names that popped into my head. Either Thomas Hayden Church or okay. Dr. Cox. <laughs> Dr. Cox would be, would be great. Oh I don't know why God. those are the names that come to my head, but... I don't know why Dennis Quaid came to mind. Ooh! Dennis Quaid would be fantastic. So those that don't know, Jay Garrick is like the OG Flash. Like the original old school was a member of the Justice Society before there was a Justice League. Old school. Where's the helmet of Hermes? Old school. Yes, he's great. I that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Like, I Jay Garrick's up there in terms of. I think he's one of the more underrated characters in all of comics because Barry's the best Flash. Obviously, then it's weird. Uh, I only really like Wally West when he's a kid. Yes. As an adult Flash, I'm just kind of eh about. Um, as adults go, I like Jay Garrick's Flash a lot better than Wally, but I like Wally when he's a teen, and Bart's just his own thing. Uh, but I like the cross-generational appeal of having a family of speedsters, and I would love to see that in a movie a lot. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Especially if you do it like an impulse event. Or, better yet, Wally or 
Bart gets sucked into the Speed Force, and the rest of the family has to go get him back. Ooh. Ooh. That'd be fun. It's not a time heist because there is no specific <laughs> time. You're going through time. <laughs> time heist. Time heist. <laughs> um, I have possibly the weirdest pick of somebody who I want to see. Edrigan. We're part, we are, I mean, just, are you kidding me? I would love to see Edrigan. Edrigan's my guy. Um, but the one of the, my favorite things that came out of the weird Peter Pan, uh, Peter, uh, Peter Parker clone saga was the Scarlet Spider. <laughs> really? You want Ben yes, Riley? I do. I love that suit. I, oh, dude. I do like the suit. I'll give you that. Yes. I, I, I like Ben. I like that he uh, eventually tr- really tries to make it his own as opposed to trying to be Peter. Okay. Fair enough. And, and, and honestly, if you're going to build, uh, build with, with miles, especially behind this, uh, uh, this into the spider verse stuff, bringing Ben, Ben Riley would be really, a really cool thing for me. I'd be okay with him appearing in one of the Spider-Verse movies. It's kind of weird that he wasn't, actually. Yeah, isn't it? It's because um, they know Spider-Man 2099 is cooler. I mean... <laughs> it's, not, it's not like... It's not a lie. <laughs> um, I recently saw a uh, a panel from um, Scarlet Spider's stuff, and he's talked because he, he's in Houston, which was another thing that connected me to him. And he's talking about swinging through the city, the city of Houston, and how huge it is. And it was just, oh my goodness, it was great. You're like I feel this literally. Yes, I'm walking through. I soup. literally feel this. He's like, he was. It was. It's literally like swinging through water. <laughs> yep, been there, been there. Yep. All right, man. I got one more. Yeah. What's your last one? Because I'm, sh- I'm curious if we have the same one or not. Well, you know what? I think it'd be you'd be a miss to not bring up Green Lantern in any capacity, let alone my the best Green Lantern story to date, in my opinion, which is Darkest Night. Oh, I'm going to talk about Blackest Night later. Why do you always forget what it's called? Because I'm the best at remembering things, don't you know? Blackest Night. Blackest Night. Blackest Night's the best. Genuinely. Yes, I have that later that I'm sure I'll talk about. Okay. I mean, you could easily, Blackest Night is one of those things that you would have to like build to. It is not one of those things you just kind of start now. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Blackest Night is, it's definitely one of the top story arcs that I want. It's actually the only, now that looking at my list, it's the only like actual story arc from the comics that I have on my, I want to see this someday. Yeah. Um, but before we get into those, I got my one last hero that I desperately need to see. And it actually kind of ties into what you were just now talking about. Because as a child of the late 90s and early 2000s, I speak for a lot of people when I say, we all really know who the best Green Lantern of all time is <laughs> in Brightest yeah, Day, boy. in Blackest Night, John Stewart. Shall let no evil escape his sight. 
Yeah, boy. John so, Stewart is the best Green Lantern of all time. Hal Jordan sucks compared to John Stewart. Even though Hal is one of those guys that legitimately, like, when he loses his ring, he builds it from his own will. So, I mean, like, you can only say so much to that. But I agree. I John, love John Stewart John so much. He's the man. It's the only Green Lantern I actually have a pop figure of because he's just the best. And I don't know if that's just because we grew up with him. Um, I haven't really read much of his stuff in comics. He unfortunately but- has been really underutilized a lot in the comics. He really got his break with the animated series, but again, they mainly stick to Hal being the main Green Lantern, and even then when he's not, they're like, oh yeah, um, Guy you and Kyle, you guys are in charge now, and John's just over to the side going, what the heck, man? Yeah, which is, I mean, I, I will take John and Kyle over Guy any day. <laughs> I would take Kilowog over Guy. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. Guy Guy has his moments. He's he can be very funny, but he's just kind of too goofy for to be a lantern, in my opinion. He's the Damian Wayne of the Lantern Corps. Before we liked Damian. Yes. Uh but John Stewart, like, if you're going into battle, you need John Stewart on your side because he's one of the few um characters in all of comics that I can think of off the top of my head. With actual, like, military experience, he was, I think he was a Navy SEAL, I think? Yeah, I, I believe so. And he's he works as a cop. Uh, no, he's a contractor. He's an architect. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. That's Green Lanterns are more or less space cops, but his actual yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. job is architect, which is super weird, but... Yeah. <laughs> but he's a really interesting and fascinating character. And he's one of those ones that you would kind of need the race to be right. Yes. Because his race is a big part of the character. Yes. And so it's one of the few that I actually have fan casted. All right. This is us and Predator star Sterling K. Brown. How? How? That's literally who I had in mind. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's got the voice. Like, he, Sterling K. Brown has this, like, great, deep, but authoritative voice. Also, I'm sure I was not swayed in the slightest that he already has the Green Lantern goatee. Yes. Well, not just that, but, like, the build and just... When I think Jon Stewart, like, he's the aura around... Yes. Like, I, I have to obey this guy. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> yes. I know Tyrese Gibson wants the role... Badly, no. I'm like, sorry, I want someone that can act. Yeah, Tyrese isn't... And isn't super petty. Yeah. That rock feud didn't really paint him in a very good light. No, not at all. But, oh, Sterling K. Brown is like, please, can we get him as Jon Stewart? Like, that is yes. ideal casting more than anything else. So do you have... Do you maybe have a runner-up? Oh, boy. I'm trying to think. Um, Again, we can't now because he's playing something else, but if this was three or five years ago, Idris Elba, man. Yeah, I, absolutely. That was always our guy. Um, I almost want to say... I, 
I feel like he's too young, though. I was going to say Michael B. Jordan, but I feel like he's too young. He might be um, Superman anyway. Yeah, that's also true, which I, I'm strangely okay with. I don't know yeah, why I, don't, I am so okay with It depends on if he's Clark Kent or not. Yes, that's the other thing. Because there are um, there is a black Superman, to, but he's like an Elseworld. It would be depends on if they're going with Clark Kent or not. Because you can have a black Clark Kent. I'd just be curious if they would like try and ignore the Henry Cavill universe, or if we would start over. Yeah, um, if, I, if he wasn't already Black Panther, I'd, I I could see Chadwick Baldwin, Bozeman, Bozeman. Oops. I'm terrible with names, man. I'm not. I'm not. I ain't lying. Um, if he wasn't Black Manta, I could see Yahya Abdul Mateen. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I could see him for a lot of stuff. That guy's got talent. Yes, he does. Um, I don't have any more heroes, but I have a bunch more of just either items, storylines, or just general pitches for things that I would like to see at some point or another. Okay. What you got? Uh, I got a handful of locations. I need the Hall of Justice. Yes. I really thought um, with Zack Snyder's movies that the memorial of where Superman is buried and they destroy it when he comes back to life and they fight him for a little bit, I thought that would have been the perfect location to destroy that monument and rebuild it to be the Hall of Justice. I can see that too. Because I have issue with uh, the Hall of Justice now existing in Wayne Manor. I'm like, but the Hall of Justice is in the middle of the city so that they can keep an eye on the city. Yeah, exactly. What, but, and well, even then... And it also kind of has just- to have that super, like, kind of sci-fi look to it. And being in Wayne Manor doesn't really provide that. Yeah, well, and you can also post-apocalypse, you're going to need to do, um, need to just use it as a front so they can go 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 to the Watchtower. I have Watchtower. Yes, of course. Because, okay, toss a coin to your Witcher, um, which, if Warner Brothers came to you and said, we only have money in the budget for one of these, which would you rather have, the Watchtower or the Hall of Justice? Watchtower. <laughs> See, I go Hall of Justice just because it's been around a little bit longer. But both of them are wonderful and I need them both. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't mind the Young Justice Cave. That would be kind of fun too. <laughs> In, oh, what's it called? Something, uh, something Harbor. Happy Harbor? Yeah, I don't... Maybe I don't. I don't remember. I will say though, if we have the Hall of Justice and the Watchtower, then that means we need. Meanwhile, in the Legion of Doom, <laughs> I need my you Skull Fortress. To. Yes, you have. It's to. the most on the nose. This is clearly where the bad guys are hiding out ever. But hey, we got it in Justice League Doom, which I'm just now realizing stands for probably Legion of Doom. Uh, yeah which is actually one of the more underappreciated animated movies I really like Justice League Doom and I really actually think that exists in the same universe as Young Justice but I've always thought the design of um, 
the Legion of Doom headquarters was fantastic. If we're not getting the actual Legion of Doom, which I don't think we are, because we're definitely getting a reboot of certain aspects of the DC universe. Lex um, Luthor. Ah, I would like a Legion of Doom headquarters. Yes, I agree. Skull and everything. We, but, but if you're gonna tandem that, I would love to see like um, a version of Van- Vandal Savage's hideout. See, that doesn't immediately jump off the screen to me. Fair enough. Or make me go, yes, I need to see Vandal Savage's hideout. What I do need to see is a gigantic and not at all beacon for bad guys T in the middle of a city. Yay, oh boy. Titan's Tower. Like, Dude, as much as I happen. like Titans the series on DC Universe, even though season two is a big old mess that was only worth watching because Nightwing. Um, my big issue with the show is they literally just live in a random penthouse in a building. It's not Titans Tower at all. And even then, they're like, we were prime Titans with Donna Troy and Dick Grace and everybody else. I'm like, but you still, your operations was an apartment. Not a whole building shaped in a T. I need it shaped like a T, dang it. <laughs> also true. Because nothing says random structural integrity like a gigantic T that how has that not been attacked more often than it has? Yeah, I would agree. Because that's the biggest flex move a hero can do is literally, hey, this is where we live. Come attack us. It's like Iron Man 3, basically. Yep. I I need Titans Tower forever getting just a Teen Titans movie. But again, that's a big old if right there. It's a huge if. Um like I said earlier, I would love Blackest Night for a story arc to take place. But like you said, it's not one that you can just make. You need to build up. It's an endgame level story of bringing people back from the dead and all hope seems lost and basically break glass in case of emergency um, with some truly spectacular moments of, yes, it's cool when Captain America lifts Mjolnir. It's also kind of pretty cool in the comics when heroes that you know and love get their own specific Green Lantern ring because they need to. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I cheered real hard when, spoiler alert, you see the Flash with a blue power ring of hope and oh, basically dude. become a blue Flash. It was, oh, it's so good. Or like, if you thought it was cool in Endgame when people come back, it's just as cool in Blackest Night as well. Um, but again, that's a very complicated thing that you really have to build up to. Yes, it's it's you, you've it's one of those stories that you got to build up to much like Apocalypse. You can't just kind of Zack Snyder. You can't just drop him in the center of a, in the beginning of a story. You have to build to him. Yes. Um. So this next one is such an oddly specific detail. But I think actually, if we ever get a Flash movie, I could see this happening and it would be a fix for my biggest issue with this current Flash, and that is the god-awful suit that he's wearing in Justice League. I think one of the things I really hope somebody see in a Flash movie is his famous Flash ring. Yes, I need that to happen. So for those that don't know, the Flash has this special ring that he carries his suit like on a microscopic scale that whenever 
he needs to be the Flash. The suit just pops out of that and he changes into super speed and becomes the Flash. Uh, it would immediately yes. fix that suit from Justice League, which to me is one of the worst suits in a comic comic book movie ever. I hate that thing. It goes against but, every one of Flash's strong suits. Yeah. Well, but then again, it's not any better than Grant's. See, I'll argue with that because Grant's is at least like slimming. And that's the point of it makes him more aerodynamic and makes him faster. My big thing with Grant's is he's too scrawny. Yeah. And his mouth is like the gap that they leave for his mouth and jaw is way too big. Yeah, it's pretty weird. And the the eye holes are too big, but the to their credit, the suits have gotten like progressively better as the show's progressed, except for that one time that they got rid of the chin strap and then they immediately fixed it because they realized it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, but they've like tried to make it better as time goes on, but again, it's a TV budget. Um Yeah, I don't really blame them for that. I want I want a good flash suit that one day comes from a flash ring. I would I would cheer pretty hard for that. Um, yeah. But it's not the loudest I would ever cheer for a suit, but I'll save that one for last. But I mean, I would cheer pretty hard if we get that that black and gray or the the gray and blue. Gray and blue. For for Batman, sorry. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I almost put that on this, but I I still think that's going to happen sooner rather than I later. Agree. I'm trying not to say it so much because I I feel like if we put it out into the universe too much, and they'll they'll it'll jinx it. Yeah, um, yeah. So my last three before I go into my big closing statement, I think, are ironically enough three straight Superman things, um. One of these, I'm actually mad that we haven't gotten yet just because on paper it seems so obvious of, duh, how has no one done a World's Finest movie yet? But seriously. So for those that don't know, World's Finest is just any story involving Batman and Superman that they work together as a team, just the two of them, like a buddy cop adventure story. I'm so sick and tired of all these stories of Batman versus Superman. Who would win an ultimate slug fight? That's cool every once in a while to see, okay, my dad could beat up your dad. These guys are best friends. Let them do adventures together. They are literally the buddy cop of one will gladly tell dad jokes to everyone willing to listen, whereas one is the dry, stone-faced Admittedly, Batman can be funny. Let's also acknowledge that. Let's have more humor with Batman, but not like puns, but like just straight deadpan because Batman can be wicked funny if he's in the right situation. Oh, well, that that scene in, um, oh, was it Justice League War? Where Just, he's, talk, think, he's in the sewers with, G, with Green Lantern? Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Wait, he like he's just messing with Green Lantern the whole time. I was more thinking of uh, Justice League Doom when uh, he's just like, "There's a big meteor coming for Earth," and Superman's like, "Well, what if I move the Earth out of the way?" And Batman just is like, <laughs> "I don't have two weeks to tell you why that's a bad idea." <laughs> oh, dude! Like, heaven forbid, Batman be fun every once in a while. Yes, he's not yes. like a Nightwing in terms of laughing out loud and breaking out the one-liners, 
but you can have some humor. And Batman and Superman <gasps> work well together and actually like being around each other. <gasps> no way. But what, just, but what about Martha? Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. What if it's like Batman and Superman take on Lex Luthor and Metallo? Yeah. Yeah, just like something. Or just something that pairs them together. I just want... Why has this not happened yet? It just seems so obvious of a Batman and Superman movie together. But no, we had to go and have them fight each other and then kill one of them off. Which, again, if this was maybe five or ten years ago, I would put it on the top of my list, the death and resurrection of Superman, but have it mean something. So thanks for ruining that forever, Zack Snyder. Yeah, basically. Um, But as much as I want a world's finest of Batman and, and Superman teaming up, I don't need a full-fledged movie of this. I just want at least a scene or two of Superman and Nightwing not even doing anything together, but just hanging out and talking because that's actually a really underrated relationship, I think, because a lot of the good core aspects of Nightwing that uh, became of him from his character didn't come from Batman. It came from the healthy father figure that he had with Superman. He's really tight with Superman. Superman is the one that gives him the name Nightwing. Um, they're really good friends. And if nothing else, I just want a scene of them of, in an ideal world for me, in a Nightwing movie, once Nightwing leaves Batman's side, he has a conversation with Superman about where do I go from here? And then Superman tells him the legend of Nightwing and that's where he gets the name from. That's my ideal situation that I would love to see in a movie with the two of them. Speaking of situations, I would love to see a, uh, that dynamic between Superman and Superboy. Yes. And having Superman to figure out how to deal with that. Yes, a healthy father-son relationship until they try and ruin it in the comics, but that's what got Dan DiDio yes. fired, so good riddance. Yes. But yes, that's a healthy relationship. I, I don't mind Jonathan Kent. I would like to see Superman and Superboy. I would as well. And just more domestic life for Superman. But this last one is such an oddly specific, and I don't even remember which issue or what story arc it was a part of, but I always thought this really is what makes Superman so special. And it's a moment that if I'm making a Superman movie, this is like circle, underline, this bold, this has to be in the movie at some point. Because it's not a big action set piece, it's a moment of... There's someone on top of a building. Maybe it's a daily planet. I can't remember. Um, but someone's on top of a building and they're about to jump. And Superman flies up and doesn't save them. He just sits with them on the ledge and just talks to them for a while. And just has that one-on-one relationship. And more or less more convinces them that life was worth living. Because um, Superman, heaven forbid cares about people <gasps> oh no and yes he could save the world by moving an entire mountain range if he had to but at the same time he's a good person that's willing to just sit down and listen and will still care about the one individual person as well as the millions upon millions of people out there i forget what comic it was but i was i always remember reading that going that's not a moment we see a lot in comics. Of It's always these big heroic moments and not these little intimate moments. And I think that's something that a lot of people can get behind with Superman. The people that are always like, he's too overpowered. He's too uninteresting. I'm like, it's moments like these that resonate with the character for so many people 
And yeah. I think that would hit home for a lot of people and make them realize, oh, he is this all-powerful being, but at the same time, he still cares about the one individual person. Yeah. And I think that's that's what's needed right now with, with Superman is because the you know, Wonder Brothers is like, oh, we don't know what to do with him. He's not relevant. Like, I'm sorry, he's been relevant for the last 80 years. Where have you guys been? Yeah, like, so then find ways to make him relevant. That's fine. The best thing I've heard is, um, I forget what comic book writer wrote it, but uh, when that story came out that Warner Bros. didn't think he was relevant, they just retweeted it saying, you don't need to make him relevant, you need to make him inspiring. Yes. It's like, oh, just, I want to hug you. There's never been more true statement. Um, Yes. The one that I saved for last just because, oh man, we've been teased as fans with this for so long. If there's anything that we've been teased longer than, than the Captain America lifting Mjolnir thing, we eventually got payoff on this. We will never get payoff with the original actor. However, I still hold out hope that someday, someday, we will see Wolverine in costume. Yes, please. We didn't get it with Hugh Jackman, and we got teased with the Wolverine Extended Edition. I am still bitter about that to this day. Not even in a flashback scene in Logan or something, but we never got Logan in costume? You kidding me? It doesn't make sense to put him in costume. Oh, I'm sorry. That costume from the Wolverine looked perfect and believable to me. Yeah, no, I agree. And honestly, oh, 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 here we go. Oh, no. Um, uh that's that that's where you bring in um the incredible hulk wolverine section okay guide me there no 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 yeah so 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 that's where say he they you do a slow reveal in the trailer trailer wise you never fully show him but in that final battle he he, of of when he's tracking hulk he has to put on like all his clothes are are destroyed he's like well i got one more thing i can wear but I don't normally bring it out for the unless it's an important thing. And he brings out and that it's maybe it's the 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 bright or the bright yellow one, or maybe it's the the, the black and brown one. Uh, who knows? But that would be a, a cool little. I, I want to reveal it as opposed to just him like wearing it suddenly suddenly in in a in a movie. I would I would like it if there's an end credits of maybe like some jungles or some woods and a character. Um, just walks away. And as they're walking away, the camera pans to the left and it's the silhouette of the ears. Oh, I would kill for the ears. Because I know we're kind of on the mark of just, well, maybe it's a hand that comes into frame and then the knives come out. I'm like, that's a little on the nose, but. Yes. I, can we please, whoever they, when we do Wolverine again, you have to. Radcliffe. You, please, can we make him Short. Yes, this is very important to Josh because he identifies that. Okay. No, it's a big thing for for Wolverine's character in in that he's not six foot. Again, he's an average height dude. Ever since people suggested it, I I actually fully am not joking when I say I think Daniel Radcliffe would be a good Wolverine. I hate you for that. Why the dude is five five? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I I can't really argue. <laughs> I 
I know you want Tom Hardy, but it ain't going to happen, man. I know, I know. It's just... Also, um, one last one, because we've mentioned it before on the podcast, but it's been a long, long time. In an ideal world, the greatest end credits a Marvel could do is, and this will take Josh back down memory lane, you just have a table in the middle of a messy room that the phone is ringing in the middle of this table. Yes. A wide shot. And he slowly zoom in, slowly zoom in. And all of a sudden, a really, really, really long, stretchy hand picks up the phone, and that's it. Dude, Mr. Fantastic w- and the Fantastic Four are coming. I would, I want to say cry, <laughs> but I don't know if cry is the right word, but I that legit would be one of my favorite, favorite end credits. I mean, I almost lost my voice in the end credits from Far From Home, but I would probably lose it there. Yeah. You got any last ones before we bring this thing home? No, I do not. Alrighty. Well, what do you guys think? What are some moments or characters or just things that we have not actually seen yet in a comic book movie that you would love to see? Let us know in the comments below. And as those of you like what you see and want to see more, subscribe to the channel or find us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. And as always, Stay sharp, movie guys and gals.